Welcome to Everyday News with the Blantons. That's Dr. Latasha and Mark Blanton. On this show, you'll learn through education, awareness, and promotion exactly how you view the world and your place in it. Now, here are the hosts of the program, Dr. Latasha and Mark Blanton. Good morning. It is Columbus Day for those of you that celebrate and for those of you that don't like myself. Happy Monday. Uh, If you have a day off, enjoy it. If you don't have a day off, still enjoy it. We are now live. You're listening to Everyday News with the Blantons and I am your host, Latasha Blanton. Mark has decided that because of today's topic, he would prefer to not be a part of this discussion. So in the meantime, connect with us on social media by liking and following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, therealsouthafrica.com, or send an email to info at therealsouthafrica.com. Today, we are speaking to one of my very dear friends. She is part of the dynamic Shorter Sister duo, part of the Shorty Legacy, Dr. Leah Shorter. (laughs) Her sister, Dr. Melanie. I know, right? Um, she has a <laughs> over a 20-year career in the field. She's becoming more specialized in women's sexual dysfunction. And she's going to just tell us a little bit about her brief history, her upbringing, her background. And then what was the ultimate push to have her become an OBGYN when she was in medical school? And then we're going to dig just a little bit into some of those deeper taboo issues as it relates to women's health and sexual dysfunction that can occur after postpartum. Now, Leah, you and I have been friends now for about almost nine years, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah so, it, so, it really is. So it's, it's, it's been a while, years. so I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Dr. Shorter. Well, I am Dr. Leah Shorter, Diva MD, O-B-G-Y-N-O-G, <laughs> honey, yes. I, um, I am a, originally from North Carolina, and I come from a, I'll say, a well-educated family. Both parents um, were professionals. My dad was a business guy, entrepreneur. My mother was a professor. Uh, my sister happens to be a dentist slash, slash professor as well. And I chose medicine because my mother used to say, Leah, your mouth will get you in trouble in the classroom. You can't stand up there and say whatever you want to say. So you need to do something else. And my dad, being a business guy, said, Leah, consider business because if you're a teacher, as much as you like to spend money, you ain't going to make that much. And he was just talking. <laughs> <laughs> just to be the total honest. You know, he was just an honest guy. That's what so that's I kind of did something in the middle because I wanted to, I knew I was a person that was seeking to care for people. I've always had that right. personality. I just want to care for people. It heals me. And I um, chose medicine because I could still do entrepreneurship as well as take care of people. Once I got into medical school, I did all those rotations and truthfully, all of them were depressing. Every <laughs> last one, it would take, you know, three, four hours to round on patients in the morning starting at 530. You wouldn't be done until noon by the time you signed out three or four times. Everybody was still stuck in the hospital. The last rotation was OBGYN and it was the happiest. I got to do babies, bring joy to people. And in the office, 
I realized I was able to counsel, which was something that I've always enjoyed doing. So, so you got to teach my, a little bit. Would you say? Well, when you counsel them, I mean, that gives you an opportunity to, to teach a little bit, too. So that's a good thing. Exactly. Totally love it. Um, it goes with my ambivert personality. Mm-hmm. And in the office, I'm able to hone in into things that really affect women that they will not even tell their closest friends, their spouses, partners, sisters, etc. So I did this because based on my personality, I thought that that would be the best fit. And I have not regretted making that decision. Now that's crazy. So 20 years, you, an entrepreneur, owned your own OBGYN clinic, have done an amazing job with that. The question is, how do you get women who, as you just say, will not discuss those intimate things? Like, how do you build that rapport with them to get them to tell you things that they won't even tell their best friend? Like, how do you get them to do that? Is it just, it's got to be, a, it's got to be magic. It's got to be magic. <laughs> well, you know, in my song, um, they do say, she's got the magic touch. <laughs> so I try, to, <laughs> I try to exemplify that. But I will say that for me, I don't present myself as the typical sterile physician. I feel like I look like everyone else. I just wear more bling and glitter mm-hmm. and anything that just sparkles. But I really find myself being closer to... I don't pretend. I feel like I'm just like everyone else. So I try to make sure that patients see me as a person and not just Dr. Shorter. I don't Mm -hmm. get stuck on these titles. I don't get stuck on sticking to the script that the books teach you. I think that I established the rapport because I'm very genuine. I talk to them as if I'm talking to my sister or if I were to talk to you, I would just break right. it down and not say, hi, this is, this is what the books say. No, I, first of all, I shut up, believe it or not, and listen. And then mm-hmm. I think I just process their fears, anxieties, and then find a way to open it up. And maybe sometimes I'll hold the hand and just say, girl, let it out. And oftentimes yeah. I find that that's all that's needed. Just to get them to feel like, you know, what she is trying to help me. Because a lot of times when you go to any doctor, you always feel like they're trying to uh, tell you what to do versus actually trying to help you find the problem and the solution at the same time. I know uh-huh. your motto, your motto in and of itself is to treat the whole woman. And I think that, as an OBGYN, when you think about all of the things that we go through as women, like you have a special place to be able to treat the whole woman because that mm-hmm. part of our body is usually only seen for two things. <laughs> yeah. So we don't think about we don't think about ways to um, not necessarily uh, not take care of it, but to care for it in the, in the proper way, not just by like taking showers and stuff, but there's actually a way to take care of that part of, part of your body, which can make you feel better over, overall. And I think that you're able to get people to understand that a lot of their problems come from the fact that they're not paying attention to that part of their body the way that they need to. Absolutely. I, um, 
I find that even though we are in 2018 in the U.S., mm-hmm. you know, sex is still somewhat of a taboo subject. You know, we're hypersexualized in pretty much all industries. I'll even say even in the church. I mean, yeah, gone, that's true. Some of the, gone are the days of most churches where women may have to wear long skirts down to their ankles, um, no makeup. Honey, some of the female preachers, they have on short skirts shorter than mine. So, you know, if they're shorter <laughs> than mine, honey, they are too short. Lord but Jesus, I know, how, I, I know how short you wear your shirt, your, your skirt. So if they're, wear, if they're in church, yes. wear skirts shorter than yours, do not bend over. Don't catch the Holy Ghost and fall out. We might be seeing all the God's work if they do that. <laughs> That's so true. Might be saying all of God's work. So, but but you're right. Society is hypersexual, oversexualized. But at the same time, they put it out there, but then they want to talk about it. That's right. Which make that's sense. right. And that's the problem. I think that we're hypersexualized. But when we hone in on the topic of female sexual pleasure, that becomes the taboo. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we still live in the U.S., you know, so a lot of us are grew up in a a Christian background or home. Um, And even other other religions probably practice things that are very similar. You know, the the vagina is only meant to be a means, a passageway to inseminate the uterus. So that the, you know, <laughs> inseminate the ovaries, I should say, and um, have the uterus be used as the, quote, home for making a baby. But in men, because ejaculation, they have to, you know, something has to come out, you know, of the penis. They, something has to always come out. So men, that's just something that it's okay because they, this is their job. Women when you have something penetrate inside, it seems like, oh my gosh, it changes. And even if I look, if I think about the, the anatomy of a female, something that your innermost part of you, the most sacred part of you, um, people tend to say, you know, we can't talk about it for whatever reason, because you're just meant to lay down have these babies and honey have my breakfast ready on the table the next morning. So I think that we don't talk about it because, you know, female masturbation, nobody really likes to talk about the man in the little boat or the magical button, the clitoris, um, <laughs> even amongst friends. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I kind of laugh at my, to myself when I think about that people still don't talk about that. But if you talk to a mother who has sons she will kind of talk all day about the the son masturbating, but if the yeah. if it was a female, and it, this is even true for my sister, she did not want to talk about masturbation in her teenage girls or with her teenage girls, which I think you know is important to do because how do you get to know your body if you don't even know all of the yeah. features? Just like in a car, you don't you you can't even drive the car well if you don't know all the features. I mean, and your vagina is your your first car, for lack of a better term. And you should know, you know what I mean? Like, you should know where all the gears are. You should know, like, what makes it go, what makes it stop. 
um, I mean, you should you should know all those things. Um, and even though you say your sister has teenage girls, you know, we don't start talking about those things with teenage girls, but you expect a teenage boy to be in his room with a dirty magazine or whatever the case may be, either looking at porn or masturbating. But we don't expect the mm-hmm. same thing from from girls. But I, and I don't know if it's a matter of um, them not believing that men and women kind of start to start think about thinking about sex at the same time. But I would say that a 13 year old boy is probably thinking about sex just as much as a 13 year old girl. I mean, that's just my own personal opinion and I could be completely wrong about that, but we do give our boys a little bit of a pass. So Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting ready to head to um, to our first break. We're going to continue this uh, conversation about um, our vaginas and, you know, masturbation when we come back. Um, we do want to make sure that you guys, ha- if you have any questions for Dr. Shorter or for myself, please um, connect with us on uh, Twitter or Facebook. And you can always send emails. We're going to head to our first break and we'll be right back in just a few moments. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human, with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests or people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Everyday News with the Blantons. Want to find out more about the program? Send an email to info 
at therealsouthafrica.com. Now, back to Everyday News with the Blantons. Welcome back. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening so far. We just uh, started a conversation involving uh, teenage masturbation and how girls are somehow (laughs) not allowed to do that, but boys are. Do you want to add anything else to that, Leah? Yeah, I think that um, it comes down to true sexual education and you know, I'm still trying to figure out, is it better to do it in school or should parents be the one, you know, should it be taught even at church? <laughs> because, you know, so that way kids don't, women, I should say, shouldn't, so that they don't have carry this guilt later in life of why they can't enjoy sexual pleasure. So it it, it needs to be a topic that is normalized and we have to figure out as a generation who's going to teach it and how and not make it into a topic where it's silly or something that doesn't really mean a lot, where they just kind of cover it just to say, hey, we've done this, but where you really tap into all the things that makes up a woman. And I think that that would serve that woman, that, that young girl that becomes a woman, serve her will later in life. And it makes us more wholesome because women who don't have a good sexual life tend to, at some point, build up some types of resentment at times. Or they may have fear with um enjoying themselves and then they put that fear onto their kids and I think that it's just um it's just to me it's just unjust I mean honey all of us once we are grown young ladies you heard what I said once we are grown uh, all of us should be hanging from the chandelier I want my toes to curl I don't know about you honey Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god mark would die right now you have no idea he would die. oh my god he would die be like what is she just right now? <laughs> he probably yeah he probably in the coffin eyes just he can't stand it but 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 that's the truth but the thing is when you talk about um things like having your toes curl and actually enjoying sex i think that goes along the lines of sexual health and sexual wellness because you can talk about sexual health but sexual wellness is no different than like mental health wellness like you need to take care of your mind like why not have sexual wellness do you know what I mean so yeah I mean I mean so there are things that you're seeing when they come into the office to talk about their vagina and what things are you looking at as far as their wellness is concerned? And why are are these women having a difficult time addressing their own sexual wellness? Well, those are, those are great questions. Um, A lot of the times there are quite a few different types of um, female sexual uh, disorders. They'll say one that I see is hyposexual or where they, some people may say decreased libido or back in the day men would call their spouses frigid. Basically, their arousal is so low because of either years of trepidation of not feeling comfortable with their bodies and letting go to relax and enjoy. 
it could be related to yes, this is just a job from that I have to do to please my husband, you know, from a, a religious standpoint. Mm-hmm, Same thing mm-hmm. goes back to um, where they, you know, sometimes it could be, I even say a pain issue because when you're not mm-hmm. aroused, then the vagina's going to be dry as the Sahara Desert. <laughs> and that's dry. That's pretty damn dry. <laughs> so that's, that's I've never that, been to the desert, but I know what deserts look like. And I don't want nobody trying to put nothing up and nothing that dry. That's that's some pain no. right there for sure. No, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's it's very so that is a, a big issue. And then for younger women, when you start having children, then you you're and especially if you're a working woman outside of the home, because I, I really do believe mothers who stay at home, they work just as hard, if not even more. Absolutely. But it's a, a different kind of work. Mm-hmm. But it's either way, when you're raising babies into young adults, that and that's a long span, many years, and then you're also trying to be a teammate or team player with your partner, then your day is 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get up and you cook and then, you know, you may commute, you have daycare, picking up somebody from soccer, somebody had a fall, by the time you are done at, with your day, and then after that you may be cooking, if you know, or may hopefully your husband's helping out at the house, then you're looking at homework. And by the time you get your work done, it's going on 10, 30, 11, sometimes midnight. I, I've seen it countless times. Mm-hmm. And then you take a shower, even if you have the time and energy to do that. Because all of us want to be clean, but sometimes when you're so exhausted, you're like, man, to take a shower I do it tomorrow. Like, uh, yeah, because you want that rest. And when you get into the bed, it's like you're just thinking, I need, oh, five hours, six hours. Because back in the day, we were told eight hours of sleep. Well, right. rarely do people get eight hours of, of really good sleep. And right. just due to the responsibilities and duties that we have daily. And I think that when you lay down and your, your mind is tr- trying to go to rest, and you're trying to get into that REM sleep, you might get that tap, tap, tap. And you're like looking Shoot. at that guy. You're like, boy, you better get out of sleepy. You're like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, well, it's true because you, 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 it's another task. And see, I always tell uh, sometimes husbands, break, decrease the task for women. You know, if we're doing this thing together with kids and a, and a family and, you know, we're trying to find some balance, then, and, and I do believe that hopefully the millennials have, have caught on to this, you know, learn how to cook. You know, when the mom, when, when the wife comes home, if you pick the kids up from school, maybe it'd be nice for you to put, you know, give them a bath that, that night and have the trash out or, cause see women, that's, those are little turn-ons for women. We don't always want the roses and the candies, you know, that's great. We just take some just off want, my damn plate. Just, want, just do a dish, yeah, do some take, laundry, just take one yeah. thing off my plate. So, but then, but then at the same time, you always be thinking like, okay, if he did the dishes and he did the laundry, oh my God, he's going to want to have sex and I'm tired. (laughs) Yes, that's true. But that comes in too because you still look at it like a task. You do. It 
You do, and I think I think that's when training your brain. I, I always tell people that's when that you have to start to to train your brain. And if this is something where you, he's doing you a, a solid on a regular basis, where he's helping out and multitasking with you, then over time, your your brain chemistry can change, and you can kind of say, you start thinking to yourself, "Well, this guy is sexy because he did X, Y, and Z." you know, for me, and I find that to, that's a turn on, and then you can eventually, at some point, learn how to come together. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> come together. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. Come together. Well, that's all they want to do relax. anyway. Um, I want exactly. to everybody wants, I'm, you know what, I'm not even going to mess with you. I'm not. <laughs> so that you can come I'm dangerous. I'm very dangerous. <laughs> you are. You are. Um, but that's, you know, a beautiful, you, but that's you, a beautiful thing if you can achieve that. Trust me, it's a beautiful thing. Yes. Um, yes. So, but the thing is, when you're talking about like being that busy and you're looking at sex like it's a task, you know, I you're right. You have to train your brain, but that takes mm-hmm. that actually takes more energy. You've got to literally be thinking about okay, when I get home, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z, and I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak for all women, but I, I watch a lot of women. I've got friends that are women, obviously, friends that are stay-at-home moms, um, friends that work and have children. And, you know, some of them are like, I'm lucky if we have sex this many mm-hmm. times a week. And then, you know, the men, they're like, they're always ready to go. And that's a hard mm-hmm. part because... Because how do you get that woman to relax enough, you know, and especially if she doesn't really want to do it, like you said, she's too dry, it's painful, um, she doesn't even really get real pleasure out of it, she's already birthed a couple babies, because after you have a baby, that's what I want to, you know, ask you, like, I don't have any children, I don't know what happens down there, I've seen them come out, and I always ask the same question, how the fuck are they going to put that shit back together, that is disastrous, but that's your job. You you put vaginas back together after they have after they have babies, um, and they seem to still work. You know, like normal um, after they after you've had children. So the question is kind of like, how do you get to that point? Like after you've had children or at, you're that busy, how do you get your mind to think of that part of your body as part of you? Because just and thinking about it, it feels as though women start to ignore that part of their body. Like they don't even want to deal with the sensations. They don't want to deal with the fact that it can be pleasurable. And when you start to neglect that part of your body, I'm wondering what that does to your mental health as a mother, mm-hmm. as a wife. Like how, I mean, I, I can see how that can be a problem and I'm assuming that in your practice you run into women that basically act like below their waist is just uh-huh. an area that, that they want to be. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so. You're right. It's um it's unfortunate too. Um and I think that you have to we have to go back to the nat- like because dopamine is released. It's the, it's the excitement hormone. It's the happy hormone, um, along with serotonin, and they both are released with orgasms. If we get to a point where we start to train our brain and say, "Hey, sex is just not another task, but a way to release tension and stress 
it's a, re- a way to increase those beta endorphins and, you know, the, the other two hormones I just spoke of to increase our mood and actually hopefully potentiate better sleep practices. If we start to think of it that way, I think that, and, and that takes months to years. I mean, it's just, it's just like practicing, you know, if you want to become a, a, a bodybuilder, you have to you have to build up those muscles for months to years before you see a major, major, major difference um, in competitive bodybuilding. So it's the same thing with sex, especially with women. We have to start thinking, make make ourselves think of it in a different way. And I do believe that it, masturbation does help with that because you kind of realize that, hey, my clitoris is, is the that magic button and teaching your partner, your husband, you know, hey, that's the place for me. Sometimes you don't need to be penetrated. Maybe, right. you know, you might have to do a swap, a pen, no penetration, and I'm just going to give you a good job. Blow. So silly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to stop right there for a moment. Uh, we'll be right back in just a few moments to continue our talk with Dr. Shorter. Stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Everyday News with the Blantons. Want to find out more about the program? Send an email to info at therealsouthafrica.com. Now, back to Everyday News with the Blantons. Hi, we are back. I am so excited to continue this conversation with Dr. Shorter. Uh, We ended the last uh, segment talking about a job, but not the kind that you get paid for unless you're that other type of female but but the kind that you give to your spouse or your significant other in the event that you're not you know wanting to actually have um intercourse so um 
let's just talk about, you know, the mental aspect for women when we have sex. Because what we know for sure is that we want to believe that men are not um, as emotional as we are when it comes to sex. I think that we have taught ourselves to be more like men when it comes to sex a, a lot of the times. However, men always make sure they get the pleasure part of it and we don't. So right. when you're looking when you're looking at um, mental health and sexual health, do you see that there can be a tie between those two things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that if we didn't put so many pressures and if society didn't, didn't put pressures on women and tell them that, you, you know, you can't enjoy sex because you're going to, you know, you're going to be a, a harlot or whatever, any negative connotation towards it, then I believe that that starts the sexual inhibitions. So then people start, women start to not allow themselves to, to be as natural. If we look at other cultures who celebrate sex, and, and I don't always agree with, you know, having, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-olds married off and right. things like that. But yeah, I follow some documentaries about some cultures in the um, in, in Asia, small, small little countries. They don't have these stipulations. So their young women enjoy sex and sometimes they promote an industry for it in terms of, yeah, you know, this is what we do and we are women and we, we have power because the power between all lips, your mouth and the <laughs> vagina is just power. It is amazing. And if we let go... <laughs> You know, oh if we let go, then it, we can we can be natural. But it's just like society saying, "Hey, you can't. Um, you have to sleep eight hours." Well, who said we had to sleep eight hours a day to be functional? Now I need right. to, you know. But who's who's telling us these things? Because some cultures sleep, you know, four hours and then take, work, get up, take a nap, and yep. go back to work, and then prepare, you know, the home for the evening. So I think that society's making us do these things because if we followed our gut instinct, um, whatever, however God made us, or whatever you believe who made us, it, it would be very natural to, for us to just relax and enjoy sex. But in this modern day world, women also have to typically work. So some of the things that men used to do by themselves to, to take care of the household, women are helping the men. And sometimes it, it's the, the raising kids becomes the, the center part. And then you forget about, you know, relaxing and enjoying sex as a pleasure. You just do. And I think that's, you have to increase the sensuality of your relationship and not sexuality all the time, increase that and, do meditation and, and, and um, have tantric sex. I, I forced my husband to do it years ago. Don't, don't, and you said, did you say force? You said force, didn't you? I did. Did you say? I forced him to, I work, I, to learn about it. I shouldn't say, well, force in a way of you're going to have to sit down and read about this. Us. Right, right, you're right. Have to so you, so you forced him to educate, you forced education upon him about that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
Him, well, first of all, he's he's much stronger than me. So, honey, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but Let's, he's um, poor thing. But, he can't he can't defend little... himself right now. Let's just let him be. Let him be. Um, the the good thing about what you're saying though is that if we can understand that sexual wellness is not always about intercourse, we would probably right. be able to have pleasure with any type of sensuality intimacy that actually comes along with it because I do believe that there are some times when you start talking about sexual health and sexual health that people believe that it is always about actual intercourse and it's not really about that no at all no at all it really isn't um a lot of it is what what old folks may say, which I guess I'm an old folk now, um, <laughs> is increasing that sensuality, and that means soft touches. You know, the Kama Sutra. I love that book. That's one of my favorites. Oh my. And Great. learning about different cool hot spots in the body, so that way it immediately releases the stress and the tension and the things you're thinking about that can impede you to relax and enjoy your partner because you're, you, you're sharing DNA. So you can't get much closer than that. You, yeah. you don't want to just do it and, and, you know, feel like you're a robot. So it's important to learn how to let go and, and lose control sometimes mm-hmm. we just say everybody has to be in control of everything. Just lose control and let go. But that takes a long time to build up to. And that means you have to practice it on a regular basis, just like anything else. And I think that's the, um, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned earlier when you're talking about sexual health. It doesn't necessarily always mean and have um, healthy um, sexual wellness by yourself, not necessarily as far as masturbation is concerned, but you do need to be aware of the things that cause your body to relax because I look out into the world um, just like you do and you see a lot of people that you know for a fact are wound really, really tight and you're thinking, I Uh bet if they just had one (laughs) good nut, they might be all right. But (laughs) you can't say that to them, you know what I mean? You can't say that to them. Um, But I think that when you look at that part of sexual wellness and how it links to your mental health, you might have a lot less stress. People might be happier. Um, We look at, you know, we look at ancient civilizations and they was doing it all the time. They was happy. It's like, oh, maybe we I'm not I'm not suggesting we, you know, start having orgies or anything along those lines. But you do have to get in touch with that part. Otherwise, I do think that it leads to mental health, anxiety, depression, because that part of your brain that needs a link to it. I mean, because that part of your brain that needs attention, it's not getting any attention. Right. You know what it is? Not from the one. They're mood killers. Ah. Untreated. Mm. When you have less dopamine, you have it is a mood killer. So then, like you were just saying, you end up with these anxieties and even ADHD, unbelievable, because you're, you're, you're still in control. I got to control everything and not able to relax. And of course, depression. And I, I see it 
just as often in postpartum moms as I do in postmenopausal women. So it's mm-hmm. not a targeted audience. It, it's, it's any of us. And we know that too much dopamine can make you hypersexual and hyperactive. Right. Right. We don't want that. So it's, life is always about balance. And I think that right. we um, have to learn how to really shut ourselves down, quiet that mind, that space, and do and tapping tapping into each other's like spiritual world first, and then you will start to see that person as you know like this is this is a being beside me, touching me, feeling making me feel good, and if you feel safe, then you're if you're if you're being quote natural, then you're going to release. But the problem is when you have patients who or women who have anxiety and depression and other mood disorders. Next thing is, well, guess what? We're going to pull out our prescription pads. So once we start doing that, then the side effects of those medicines typically worsen the libido and the arousal. So not only will you not have an interest in sex, you won't have pleasure, and you damn sure won't get an orgasm because those antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines typically decrease that because it decreases the nerve impulses to the, um, the clitoris that sends it to the brainstem and then we're, we're turned off. We're turned off, basically. Wow. Do you know how many women are on antidepressants? Like, I can't mm-hmm. even, I don't even want to start naming that. But they, but... I mean, it's gonna sound cliche, but it's always it's almost like if you were just a little more fucking, you probably wouldn't need this medicine. Um, yeah, but that's kind of that's kind of what it sounds like you're saying. It's like you go in to get treated for anxiety and depression, and the actual cause could be lack of sexual wellness and sexual health, mm-hmm. and then. Then you go in and you get this medicine so that you won't feel as down and depressed. And then that causes you to feel better on one end. But the thing that causes it, you still start to suffer because now your sexual wellness takes a deeper dive because now you can't feel anything. Now you really don't want to do it. And if you are doing it, you are like, this is taking too long or I can't feel anything or why are we even here? That gets to be like a vicious cycle when it comes to linking your sexual wellness to your actual mental health. So we're going to. Want, we want everyone to understand that like those two things go together. So when you're thinking about your mental health, just take a step back and think about your sexual wellness, whether you have a partner or not, because you have to love you first. You have to know your body first before you can share those things with another person. And you want to try and get to know your body as early as you can. So when we come back, We are going to continue our discussion um, on sexual health and sexual wellness. And then we're going to talk to Leah a little bit about um, her practice and why some clinicians ultimately end up overlooking their own uh, self-care as a means to Uh take care of their patients. Uh, We'll be right back. (laughs) 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show. The Sharon Kleina Hour. Health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Everyday News with the Blantons. Want to find out more about the program? Send an email to info at therealsouthafrica.com. Now, back to Everyday News with the Blantons. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're down to the last portion of the show. I hope you guys are enjoying listening to Dr. Leah uh, Shorter. So we're just going to move right along now. We've talked about how mental health and sexual wellness kind of go hand in hand and how you can kind of end up in a vicious cycle if you start to do things like go and take meds for your mental health and how they can actually spill over into causing more damage to your sexual wellness, whether you are a single person or whether you are a person with a partner. So one of the things that... um, Leah and I both can relate to as um, entrepreneurs and uh, and clinicians is the fact that we ourselves get burnt out in general. And it takes a lot of prodding for us to take care of ourselves. So why do you think clinicians sometimes overlook their own self-care, Leah? Because I think that when you are vested into your business, no matter what, and you know that the success and failures, are you, you own it. It belongs all to you. And people always think, oh, you own your business. Oh, my gosh, you're probably making a lot of money. Oh, she's wealthy. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> it becomes a marriage. You become mm-hmm. married to your business. And it's just mm-hmm. like any 
hopefully healthy relationship that starts out. Hey, I'm going to get up early in the morning. I'm excited. 6 a.m. I'm going to cook breakfast for my business. I'm going to um, <laughs> come home and sneak at lunchtime and have a little fun sex with my business. And I mean, next thing yeah. you know, yeah, you hate your you're, you're happy. No, you're, you're two, three, four, five years, you know, you see an incline in things, hopefully, and you start to feel good. Eventually, you, at some point, you hit a, a brick wall because you wake up one day and you're like, oh my gosh, it's been six years. Who mm-hmm. are these kids in my house? My mm-hmm. husband has gray hair. Like, when did that happen? <laughs> Hell, I have gray hair. When did I get a, a dog? In all places. <laughs> <laughs> when did this happen? You don't, you don't take a step back and pay attention. You, you know? Don't. You don't. You don't take a step back and pay attention because you become married to that, that job. And when you become married and you don't have that healthy time to yourself every single day, then it starts to weigh on you. And then you get truly burned out. I mean, like a rotisserie chicken that has, has been charbroiled too long, you are really just exhausted mentally, physically, and spiritually. And for me, I, um, I didn't even see it happening, but my, my father, before he passed, could tell. And he kept saying, a year before his death, he said, Leah, get out. Do something else. You have, you, have other, you have other talents. And I was like, oh, I love what I do. He was like, yeah, but you're, you're getting tired. You're, I could see the exhaustion on your face. And fear kept me from listening to him. I wish I had now, but fear kept me from listening to him. My husband would say the same thing, like, you're killing yourself. Oh, no, I'm not. This is just part of it. It's going to get better. Next, you know, we're, we just have to do this to keep going to make sure that this is happening. But guess what? When I stopped, do you think that business kept going? Yeah. Yep. It keeps going. Yep. With it does. or without it you. Does. And yeah. if you lay the foundation down, just like in a marriage, if you lay the right foundation down or raising kids, then you are able to build into something where it can, because that's the goal. The goal is for us to be entrepreneurs and be able to step away from the business. Exactly. And have faith that it's going to run successfully. But oftentimes we start to micromanage. And then when you start taking time in, away from yourself, then mm-hmm. you find yourself so just exhausted that you can't think of anything else. So going out with friends, dinner talk is about your business. Business. Yep. You know, going to the going to Jamaica, you carry a business. laptop and you're checking in. Yeah. It's about business. And at some point you have to say, life is short. Enough. What's important to me? I need balance, and what's the next step? What's holding me back from achieving my level of greatness? What's holding me back? And and that's and that's and that's a a a question that we should all ask ourselves, no matter where we are in our Mm -hmm. lives. What's holding us back? Because what you and I both learned for sure is that once we cut the cord from those children we called businesses, we actually Mm -hmm. found what what actually makes us tick and mm-hmm. what makes Leah what makes Leah tick now I mean you're I mean you have love all this, this time to be creative <laughs> this I love writing I'm able to continue writing my book which has 
you know, having the time to do that. But mm-hmm. even what makes me tick now, I will say just being grateful and appreciative of the small things. I mean, I think that, sure, I love mass media and I see myself achieving those goals soon, but I also feel like this experience of transitioning out of typical medicine as an OBGYN, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm able to appreciate the birds in the sky singing or the sunshine, even the rain. You know, back when I was practicing towards the burnout stage, I was like, oh, man, shoot, it's raining. Ugh. You know, but now I appreciate it because I'm like, you know what? That's going to plant some seeds. You know, we're going to plant some seeds here and things are going to grow. So I, it allowed me to look at things with a more positive perspective. I'm typically a positive person, but anytime you get caught up in that, that exhaustion stage, usually your energy will change. All, all functions change at that point and into a negative, you know, connotation. And I think that just simply being appreciative of the small things, it's enjoying time with my husband now. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I, I really get to know him instead of five minutes here and there because, I'm sorry, you know, I have to do computer work that kept me up at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning because if you don't get the billing out, then, yeah, you're then not you gonna, don't get paid. We know how that works. Exactly. Yeah. So so it so, sounds like you, you have been able to find that balance, but what Mark... Uh, likes to remind me of is that you know if you're if both of your hands are full you absolutely cannot pick anything else up so you have to let something go in order Mm -hmm. to pick something else up so I just want to thank you for your time today it has been amazing I miss you so much Um, so we just discussed with Dr. Shorter today a lot we went through a lot we discussed about uh, career changes that you can be taken through how to Uh, make those transitions from being an entrepreneur to maybe letting it go and having to take care of your own self during your journeys. We learned that we need to pay more attention to our mental health as women, as well as our Mm -hmm. sexual health, because they both, because they both relate. They actually go together and that it's okay to leave what you know, like she and I both did to start a journey on a new path and that, you know, you can still reach out and help others no matter where you are on your journey. So just loving the fact that I had an opportunity to speak with you today. So we want to thank you, Dr. Leah Shorter, for your time. Please yeah. be sure to please be sure to connect with her on Instagram and on Facebook, as well as the RealSouthAfrica.com. You can send us both emails and we thank you so much. And until next time, educate yourself and please, please, please be sure to have fun in the process. Thank you, Dr. Shorter. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday News with the Blantons. We hope you've enjoyed today's program and we'll tune in again next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a nice week.